Welcome to the Apostles Houston podcast, and thanks for listening. As a community following Jesus in Houston, we want to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do the kinds of things Jesus did. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we invite you to join us for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. in Houston Heights. For more information, visit us online at ApostlesHouston.org. All right, well then let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts may always be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength, our rock, our redeemer, and I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, for those who might not know me, I might be a new face to lots of you all. So um, in, on my behalf, welcome. I'm Canon Craig Barrett. I'm, uh, Canon is that big fancy title. It means I work for the bishop. That's kind of what that means. Um, and in this particular capacity, I'm serving as the interim rector for apostles while we are, um, and I do mean we, um, are searching for our next rector. And so it's uh, with a lot of prayer and a lot of joy to be here, um, but it's not going to be a real long time, but just a, a time of great blessing for us. And I hope that while we're searching together, you will as well. So um, you're familiar, it was the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Now, I don't know about you, but from my experience, they must be describing a vacant house. <laughs> Either that or their idea of night was significantly shorter than my experience of that. You know, I can't remember a Christmas Eve that wasn't a mixture of organized uh, chaos and filled with tremendous anticipation. My father loved to go Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. And he was often the last customer at several different stores. And you can imagine, I mean, I think you can, what they would do, what that would do to our Christmas Eve dinner plans with my mother. And we always made midnight service as a part of our tradition. And one of the most significant Christmas Eve memories I have was the year that my sister closed the car door on my pinky finger, cutting off part of it. And then when we were leaving the hospital, my mother had a wreck with a city bus. But that didn't diminish my anticipation and excitement and expectancy about Christmas morning. It kept me up the wee hours just thinking about what would be under the tree the next morning. Now on the parent side and the now grandparent side, our, our oldest woke up super early on Christmas morning filled with anticipation. And though it's for maybe some different reasons, um, I still go to bed with that same sort of expectancy. I still have that sense. And you know, don't we all know the power of anticipation and expectancy? Don't we? I'm not wrong, right? On most regular normal school or work days, do your children bound out of bed and rush to go to school? Well, ours never did. And do we? But I think you'll agree that when there's a sale or there's some really event that we want to go to or we're going to get to go hunting or fishing or any of those other kind of activities, we don't seem to have the same kind of trouble getting motivated and moving in the morning, right? Right? 
We all know the power of that. We all know it. And Christmas morning is one of those mornings as well for lots of us. I hope all of us that we wake up, we wake up with a sense of anticipation and excitement. And here's the thing I want you to know is that that can have a huge impact on our lives. Living as people who are anticipating, living as people who are expecting will alter the way we live our lives. And tonight is a night of expectations. A night of expectations. Now, we know about how exciting it is, right? But then there's also the downside of expectations and anticipation, right? The downside, if you will, which I think we're probably all familiar with as well, if I'm not wrong. It's the, in the course, all too familiar experience we have when what we expect doesn't happen. After 41 years of marriage, I'm well aware of the consequences of different expectations. And I vividly remember the disappointment on Christmas morning when the one thing, the one thing that I wanted, and that with all my powers of persuasion, I've certainly made it clear to my parents that that is what I want. That's really what I want. And it wasn't there to be found on Christmas morning. It was not there. And of course, we agree it's not just Christmas morning, right? There are far more significant experiences when our career path hits a dead end. When our job isn't what we had hoped or expected that it would be. Or when a spouse says our marriage isn't what we thought it was going to be like. Or when the doctor says your test results came back with news we never anticipated, we never expected. I readily admit that on more than one occasion, I've prayed for greater understanding of the question, why? Why me? Why now? Why this? Why, I suggest, is the ultimate expression of our unmet expectations. And I suspect that across this room, we've all come here tonight with a mixture of expectations, a mixture of some of those anticipation, excitement, and maybe some that have been a reality that didn't come to be. And as I've said, tonight, tonight is a night of expectations. And as what we'll discover, most perhaps all result in something other than what we expected. A couple of weeks ago, I read something <clears throat> that for the life of me, I cannot remember where I read it, who actually said it. So I'm sort of plagiarizing maybe, but I... Uh, I'm quoting somebody who I don't know who it was right this second. But it stuck with me ever since I read it. The author was writing about story about Abraham and his faith, particularly with regard to Isaac. And he said this. He said that Abraham trusted God to do something he had not done before. Trusted God to do something he'd not done before. And it really got me thinking about tonight about tonight. For tonight, we celebrate God doing something he had never done before. So none of those that we read about in the familiar gospel story had any frame of reference for what was going to happen. It's so hard for us to put ourselves in that place because we know this story. We know it so well, but try for a second to think. They knew nothing. They were not waiting for the birth of Jesus in a stable, in a little, in a manger. None of them were. Mary wasn't expecting. Joseph wasn't expecting. The angels were the only ones that knew something. And the shepherds, all the rest had no 
clue. None of them. So what about them? We discover about Joseph in Matthew's gospel. It says, who being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce Mary quietly when he unexpectedly found out she was with child. Clearly, he didn't expect for his bride to be pregnant. And a short side note here, his response was to handle the situation and the problem himself, right? He was going to solve the problem. And we notice the solution includes great love, right? I mean, he's trying to take care of her. Great mercy for Mary, right? It would have been a scandal, would have ruined her reputation, and worse yet, she'd have been most likely stoned. But here's our takeaway for tonight. Sometimes, even with good, loving, kind motives, we get ahead of what God is doing in our lives. We get ahead. And we act without wisdom and without guidance. And there's a part of the verses that we read tonight, and that's it's in the scripture, not, we didn't read it tonight, I'm sorry, that I don't know that it's one that any of you all have ever memorized. If you've, if you've spent a long time memorizing verses, you pro- this is probably one you never, ever memorized, but I want you to remember it for tonight. Because here's what it says. When Joseph had, gets the news, right? But as he considered these things, as he considered these things, I say it's a verse we've probably none remembered. Before acting on his own, Joseph considered these things. What a great reminder for us tonight. When we find ourselves getting ahead of the Lord, solving the problem on our own, trying to take life and handle it all by ourselves, remember Joseph, who had quite unexpected news, and yet he considered these things, considered them. Waiting is, of course, a principle Advent theme. And here we read of Joseph waiting. He's waiting, considering these things. And then, Scripture says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he'll save his people from their sins. So tonight, as we consider our expectations, we're reminded to not get ahead of God. Don't get ahead of the Lord. Rather to wait. Wait for what he has in store for us. Well, for Mary, it was unexpected news as well, right? Luke chapter 1, where we learned about her response, the Magnificat, which most of us probably know because she really responds powerfully. But Scripture says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying. She was greatly troubled. She didn't expect it. It was shocking news for her. She was totally blown away. Here again, not a verse that we may have memorized because we're so familiar with her amazing response, but tonight we're stopping that tape, right? And we're considering the time when Mary and Joseph's expectations were confronted and challenged. And Mary hears the news God is going to do something he's never done before. Well, there'd been unexpected births, long-anticipated births before, but now this pregnancy would be like none other. 
for he was going to become one of us. And Mary's initial response, she was greatly troubled at the saying. I actually think her response actually would be maybe our response, right? Troubled by it. But again with Joseph, she was greatly troubled at the saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Yes, here again, before getting ahead of God's plans, Mary stops to consider what this greeting might be. You see, in this way, she provides an opportunity, a space for God to act. Isn't that true of us? It is for me, I guess. I'll just confess it in that way. She's providing God an opportunity to move in a way that God wants to move in her life. Not only do we get ahead, we don't leave any room for God to act because we got to get going. We got to do it. We have to take care of it. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you'll call his name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. It will now then be when Mary declares, my soul rejoices. She was afraid like we were, would be, with that kind of shocking news, yet she waited and she waited. And then following the Lord's plan, Mary and Joseph returned to Bethlehem because Caesar Augustus had issued a decree. We won't spend time on that tonight other than to highlight again. He had no expectation that what he's doing would be part of the Lord's plan. Luke doesn't give us any details about the search for a room or the eventual manger, though we can imagine all those involved. That wasn't their expectations either. Think of all the people who were involved in this story who had unmet expectations. But he doesn't share with us, he does share with us the encounter with the shepherds. They were minding their own business, right? Keeping their watch over flocks by night out in the field. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. Clearly, another group of people not expecting an angel, much less the glory of God to appear before them. I don't know about you, but when I hear this part of the story, my mind immediately hears Linus reading it um, to Peanuts. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. But their initial response, right? Fear. Fear. It's a typical response when our expectations are not only not met, but they are met in an overwhelmingly frightening manner. And I believe the whole heavenly host appears, appearing qualifies as a pretty frightening appearance that were it to come today right here with us, I suspect. Still, the first things the angel said to them was, fear not, fear not. Several years ago, Peggy Tooney Horton wrote an essay on faith for the Charleston, West Virginia newspaper. And she shared her own personal experience when she writes the following. She says, the, mo- the morning sun shone through my windshield, warming my face as I drove east on I-64. Had it not been for where I was going and why, I might have been rather thrilled by this unseasonably warm January 13th morning. You see, Peggy was headed to the hospital, 
It's the hospital she says that our family has used for many years, so I wasn't in unfamiliar territory. The first few yards beyond the glass doors was an area I'd passed through hundreds of times, whistling on the dark as I did so. Today, however, those doors represented something I feared greatly, a life-threatening illness. Today, my hope became my nightmare. I opened one of the big doors and accompanied a loved one to the dreaded rooms, and it was just as scary as I imagined it might be. When the visit was over and we headed home, I was a bit dazed. Nothing had been settled, no cured, except that I now knew my son was seriously ill. I was terrified and nauseated. A very special friend offered these words. Of course it will be hard, she said, but the battle belongs to the Lord. Give him praise and total control. Have faith before it. If God is in control, there'll be no mistakes. And then her friend said the following. Fear not is in the Bible 365 times. Peggy concluded her article with this short prayer. Dear God, please help me remember that real faith is not receiving what I want from you. It is graciously accepting what you give me. So now, full disclosure, I've, I've heard the, that, uh, that statistic before, but I've never really honestly been able to verify that there are exactly 365 fear nots in the Bible. But I think a casual observer would acknowledge there are a lot of fear nots in the Bible. I'm well aware of the many times where it is. And it's obvious to me why it's said so many times is because we keep getting afraid. Because when expectations aren't met, we become fearful. When things don't go the way we think they should, we become fearful. When something happens that totally catches us off guard, we become fearful. Especially when what we're experiencing isn't what's happening. John Piper describes what he calls the five pillars of fearlessness. He says, God is with me. God is my God. God will strengthen me. God will help me. And God will uphold me. When God calls you to be free from fear as you face the unexpected, when he intervenes in your life the way you never imagined, when you step out in faith, trust in him for that next step, when God calls you to be free from fear, he puts pillars under you, those five pillars. Fear not, God is with you. Fear not, God is your God. Fear not, God will strengthen you. Fear not, God will help you. And fear not, God will uphold you. One of our family's favorite uh, Christmas movies is The Grinch that uh, Stole Christmas, almost any variety of it. And I'm going to assume that you all know it very well, so I hope that's true, because um, I just want to close by highlighting one of the more memorable lines. It occurs after The Grinch is stolen all of Christmas from Whoville, and early in the wee mornings he wakes up and he listens, and sure enough he hears singing, singing about the real joy of Christmas. And the narrator says the following, he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a bit more. Well, it's kind of reversed, but you see the Grinch's expectations were wrong as well. And he learns, as we do once again this evening, that Christmas is about a bit more. Yes, tonight is about expectations. And I wonder, what expectations have you brought 
to our worship tonight. What expectations do you have about Jesus, about his life and his death and his resurrection? Tonight, we celebrate something God has never done before. On this night, he sent his one and only son, his greatest gift of love, for you. So maybe life isn't how you've expected it. And maybe tonight you find yourself, your own expectations challenged, maybe even confronted by the Lord. But remember what we've learned from those who that first night confronted expectations of their own. For when things aren't what we expect, consider, consider them, discern, wait, and fear not. And then trust, trust God to do something in your life, especially in your heart, that perhaps you've never experienced ever before. May that be your experience tonight. Let's pray. Father, we come and we gather tonight on this very special night with our own expectations. And some of them build up with great anticipation and others leave us wanting. So tonight, Lord, would you do something in our lives that you've never done in our hearts before? Would you come and make yourself known, make yourself present, and fill each one of our hearts and our lives with your son Jesus and the power of your Holy Spirit? And I ask it in his name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope this resource has been helpful to you. If you have questions or are just looking for more information, you can check out our website at apostleshouston.org.